Borag Thong Earthlets. My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 71st episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This week, we're taking a break from our usual weekly progs to cover the Judge Dredd annual 1982. Watch out, uh, non-law-abiding citizens. Mm-hmm. As always, the annuals are dated for the year after they come out, and this is the second Dread annual, and I think it's nearly as exciting as the first one. Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> I like that choice of words. Like the 81 annual, this one features several full-color Dread stories drawn by... by Mick McMahon, as well as a bunch of other comics and features. The exciting thing here is that instead of the usual legacy comics we see in annuals, we're instead getting classic year one dread stories. In fact, like month one dread stories, actually. Massive uh, appreciation on that one. Yeah, I'm stoked to check those ones out, especially get nostalgic for the early days of this show, I guess. Um, mm. One thing worth noting is that the price of this annual has gone up quite a bit from £1.80 last year to £2.50 this year. The madness, but man, do you get some color pages? I blame inflation. Uh, the the cover features Dread fighting some goons on jetpacks, and the inside has a massive crowd of judges, all colors and sizes, in front of the Hall of Justice. So, let's get to it with Thrill One, Judge Dread. Could have been saying that a lot. Also, oh, be saying a lot. Uh, script robot John Wagner, art robot Mick McMahon, lettering robot Tom Frame. Tom, 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 Tom Frame. All right. So this first story is called Anatomy of a Crime, and we with this story we get the first appearance of the Fatties, which are basically yeah. an ethnic group in Mega City One of hugely overweight people. Um, yeah. It's sort of Man one of the belly wheels. Yeah, it's one of the downsides of Mega City One's post scarcity economy. Like, basically, people can get food, and you don't really have to like be active to do it. So you can just keep eating and eating if you want to. So is food just free? It seems like a certain level of food is just free in Mega City One. Like it's munch based or something like that. You know, I mean, because with an eighty-seven percent unemployment rate, it's not like eighty-seven percent of the people can be starving to death, right? They've got to be receiving some kind of assistance or a basic income or something like that. That's what it seems like to me. I mean, it's got to be. I guess post scarcity. You're right. Yeah, that's what it's, I keep it's saying. It's like if uh, if uh, the next generation were just horrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this in a previous episode, I think, but yeah, it's basically mm. like Star Trek, but if instead of it being a real idealized, perfect version of humanity, it's a little bit more realistic, <laughs> shitty version of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> the idiocracy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so the fatties... Um, yeah, they're really, they're big fat humans. They, their most distinctive feature is definitely the belly wheel, which is sort of a unicycle slash skateboard that goes underneath their massive stomachs to help them get around. Uh, I'm a big fan of fatties, though, you know, as a large human myself, it does hit a little close to home. So. <laughs> I will say, like, the one thing is, like, you know, if you really wanted to get there, just like they're walking around, right? Like they're not yeah, you'd just think, like, chilling out. You'd think they'd they'd go full Wally and try to like lie down all the time or something. Oh my god, I appreciate that reference. That was such. A <laughs> Feels like a baseline reference. I don't know for like fat and mobile guys, but so um, <laughs> this story starts with 
uh, with, with, with us meeting Bob Jellybean Jones, a <laughs> fatty who dreams of becoming the fatty of the year and earning the title of Mega City Fats, which I think is pretty funny. Just, just like, all right, right now the current winner uh, or the current super guy is uh, the East Side Paunch, Bill Plentybody. <laughs> I love these goddamn fatties, dude. So his dream is laughable to his wife, Joanne, however, who finds his fat levels to be very unimpressive. He doesn't even need that belly wheel. Why can't he get a sensible hobby like spot welding? (laughs) I I will say mad props to this, like, skinny welding lady for just, you know, not she's not shaming him for being the way he is. She's just like, you're going to do it, you know. Yeah, she's well. She's shaming him for not being fat enough. It's non-fat yeah, shaming. Really. <laughs> it's reverse fat. Shaming. Yeah. So, <laughs> so feeling sorry for himself, uh, Jones wanders the streets. He runs afoul of another fatty buying packs of Flabon, uh, which is an auto sump I mean, product. On, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you still get gain the weight, but yeah, it's definitely like a steroids for being a fatty, which auto uh, sumps sells, and it's super expensive because, of course, of that ugly tax. Yeah, it's a thousand creds per pack. By the way, the dude who shoves him over is Big Lord uh, Ringner, uh, and he's he's so speaking of fat shaming. This dude straight up fat shames Jelly Beans again for arm. not being fat enough. <laughs> yeah, the guy who pushed him out of the way is so fat he's got to have a back wheel too. He's got to like you know back that thing up, I guess, with an extra wheel. Beautiful. <laughs> so much dat ass. <laughs> So, Jones wallows in failure and in a fit of rage, he tosses like a trash can or something through the window of a shop. The ripped also. (laughs) The owner comes out and makes a citizen's arrest, but Jones escape. Dredd arrives, arrests the store owner because making citizen's arrests is illegal. So awesome. (laughs) It's just like, he leaves him handcuffed to like a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, one, I gotta say, as always, the greatest thing about Judge Dredd is when he arrests both the, both the criminal and the victim. But yeah, listen, like, in Mega City One, there are these like deals, like these like, kind of like, uh, hitching posts for a horse or something like that. They're basically just like these metal posts that judges handcuff people to and then sort of, you know, lower downs kind of come by with catch wagons and sort of pick everybody up from all the posts in an area, essentially. It's, you know, there's some crazy stories about them that we'll see eventually someday. Like, I think there's one really interesting story about a guy that gets trapped there for a long time or something like oh that. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Because, like, the judge that, like, arrested him didn't call in that he needed to be picked up and then was killed what? in the line of duty. And so, like, it's a whole thing. I think that's a pretty recent oh, story, yeah. but that's still a All big, right. crazy thing about uh, possibilities of judge of, of judges here in Mega City 1, you know? Man, that's great. It's world-building stuff, you know? <laughs> anyhow. Anyhow. So Judge Shred picks up, like, a little bit of blood and some fibers, and then a magic computer Justice computer straight up. up zeroes in on Jones. It's like, I mean, <laughs> honestly, this is kind of slow in comparison to how fast it goes in, like, a CSI show these days or something like that. Oh, sure. But so... Yeah, Dredd goes after Jones, uh, he shoots out his belly wheel, which strands Jones on his stomach like a beached whale, but not before Jones, not before Jones knocks over a knee pad cart. Always appreciate the knee pads in, in, in Judge Dredd's stories. 
this comes up a lot in Mun- this issue, actually. Munts and knee pads are the two hidden businesses in, in the Judge Dredd world. Hey, man, if they take our knee pads, all we've got are our shoulder pads. It's true. I just love this picture of um, of Jones lying flat on his face, like, ah, I can't move. <laughs> Someone help <laughs> me. Help. <laughs> Anyhow, Jones is taken away. Will they get time off for good behavior? Oh, fat chance. Fat chance. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. It's, oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it. That is a CIS joke there. That's a good good opening story. It's just fun. You get some stuff about Mega City 1 and it, you know, what's not to like. Yeah, exactly. So, next up, it's time for Thrill 2. Data file auto sump. The Judge Dread interview. Are you a mega mind? <laughs> so, just a couple features all at once here. First, there's one on Auto Sump, the sob story turned uglifier extraordinaire. Always a big uh, Auto Sump fan here on the show, and of course, he's a one-time sponsor. So, shout out to Auto Sump. Um, and they, uh, I think this comes back later, but they actually mention like, oh, I think it's in one of the ads actually. So, spoilers for the future part of this, but he's thinking about, you know, covering the tax because he's so super wealthy. Hey, at this point, he's rich enough to uh, let let everybody be ugly again, you know? Uh, (laughs) So the Dread interview is pretty interesting. It's all text and like interviewer. This is is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, Frank Brash asks actually some pretty hard questions of Judge Dread, both about Judge Cal and the end of the uh, Judge Child saga. It ends though with Brash getting arrested for showing advertisements during the show because you can't profit from the likeness of a judge. Yeah. He got a warning taken out, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was fun too. He definitely, you know. Get you a chance to sort of talk to Dread a little bit, which you don't actually get a chance to do that often because he's usually sort of mid-action, doesn't have a chance to sort of discuss things, you know? He's always sourpussing about and like two words max kind of dude. Definitely sourpussing about. So, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> finally, there's a quiz for the makers of Synthaflakes, but the scoring seems to be grayed out or something and possible to read, so that's why I didn't ask Fox the questions because I couldn't grade him, you oh, know? Oh, oh. There's no good answering questions if you can't be graded. That's what I say. Don't give me the test if I can't pass super amazing A double plus because I'm really great at <laughs> really great at multiple choice 2008 tests. I've seen what you're like. Okay. Yeah, I'm amazing. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, learning new things about yourself, let's go to Thrill 3. The Meme Machine Goes to Town. Just bonking. <laughs> Just bonking everything he sees. Script robot Alan Grant, art robot Robin Smith, learning robot Steve Potter. So I don't know who you are, Potter. I mean, yeah, I do, but, but you know. You know. That's my friend. Yeah. Anyhow, don't take your butts to town, mean. Leave head butts at home, son. Don't take your butts to town. Don't take your butts. Do, do, yeah, head butts. <laughs> So let's uh, let's flash back to Mean Machine Angel's twenty first birthday. He gets oh, you mean when everyone was still alive? That's right. Now these guys are all dead. Woo! <laughs> he gets the key to a safe deposit box in Texas City and heads off to collect. He headbutts everything. He headbutts his own birthday cake. Yeah, he headbutts his own birthday cake, and then he headbutts every every one and everything he comes across in Texas City. <laughs> 
Including a robo taxi guy who's like, that'll be 84 credits in advance. He's like, badong. How about I go up number two on ya? Bach! <laughs> I love Bach as the headbutt sound. <laughs> so, uh, he gets up at the bank, headbutts his way through, gets to the uh, safe deposit box, but it won't open until the morning because it's on a time lock. So, Mean does the sensible thing, which is first he tries to headbutt it open by going a four on the safe, and that's not enough. So then. <laughs> it just leaves a head sized dent in it. It's pretty good. So then he takes it up to the top floor of the bank, tosses out a window, jumps up after it for a multi story <laughs> ultra butt! <laughs> and let me tell you, ain't no safe safe when... <laughs> no safe is safe from an aerial meme machine headbutt attack, buddy. So true. And it, what's inside? Oh, it's a nice box of Synthachok. It's a uh, it's a muti tray, which I believe is a reference to uh, milk trays from Cadbury in, uh, in, in England. Um, oh. So, Mean is picked up by the Texas City judges, and he'll be in jail for, you know... A year or two before the rest of the angels bust him out. You know, you can't be a man unless you've done some time, says Paw Angel. And all the, like, guard guarding his cell is like, man, we had to replace this thing, like, so many times. Wish that guy would come and spring his son already. Yeah, just, like, get over here so that we don't have to deal with this. I love the idea that going to prison is the uh, the angel gang bar mitzvah, you know? Beautiful. <laughs> family time-honored tradition. Always. All right, so speaking of uh, the Angel family, it's Thrill 4, Superbad, and Je suis la loi. <laughs> Man, my favorite thing is this picture called Pa and Ma, and it's just Pa Angel next to my Angel's, like, stone. Or yeah, tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone. And it says, gone to hell. It's crazy. Hey, don't underestimate Ma Angels being super evil, buddy. She raised these evil-ass boys. That's pretty true. (laughs) Yeah, but so, yeah. Angel Gang family album, complete with a group photo that we saw in the back of of an earlier prog and uh, baby pictures and stuff. Also note how Link, the always forgotten Angel Gang brother, is upside down in his picture. Beautiful. Next up is just a feature on some examples of international printings of Dread in 2000 AD. It's pretty cool, I think. Yeah. I like some of the other um, thrills besides Judge Dread too, like uh, Le Heroes de Harlem and, or a, yeah. or a Pero de Estroncio. <laughs> Survey, which is I don't think is flesh. No, it's it's survival in French, but yeah. that's what they call flesh. It's beautiful. It's pretty nice, you know. International flavor is always nice. And speaking of different ways of speaking the language, Fox, it's oh, God. <laughs> through five, Walter the Wobot, friend of Dwed. Uh, <laughs> uh, Squip Wobot, Gary Weiss, Art Wobot, Steve Kite, Lettering Wobot, Steve Potter. Do not appreciate. <laughs> it's the woad to woo-in. Oh, no. Uh, get it. Walter finds himself trapped in the wasteland of the cursed earth. Cursed earth, very hard to say in Walter talk. So, <laughs> after falling for a mirage, he wins afoul of the Wobo Whiffs, which is probably so, a reference to the Riffian ethnic group in Morocco, I think. Okay. I just wanted to say, uh, Shay uh, Joey. The Mirage. Mm-hmm. It says cocktails, Molotovs, etc. 
So the head of the whiffs asks what Walter's doing out there. Walter's going to save Wowena, a robot he met while he was on the moon, uh, way back in one of our te- in the teens of our episodes, man. Oh my God. Yeah, memories. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, now she's on Earth and needs her uh, Walter to free her from Wobot Slavery in the town of Wuwen. The whiffs are planning to wade that town soon. It's a big problem. Oh, my God. Problem? Well, yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, a pair of no good nicks, uh, clearly modeled after Bing Crosby and Bob Hope from. You know, one of those various road movies. Road to Morocco is probably the most the most uh, relevant one. I was about to ask, like, is this something I should know? These guys are clearly Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Like, okay. they're just it's just straight up pictures of them, basically. Mm. Um, so they're trying to skip out on a, a bill at the Spock Saloon, which is the you know whatever nephew of the, of the lady who used to own. Rowena, uh, old, old lady Spock. Her name of Spock, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Spock is too smart for the pair's comedy bits, which would be patty cake, patty cake, beggar's man, and they punch you in the face, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And Ro- uh, Rowena finds comfort in her new boyfriend, Roger. Later. Thank God. Yeah, get out of here, Roger. Later that night, uh, Hope and Quasby stumble across the escaping Walter. He convinces them to return to Wuin to warn the uh, city. Hope and, Qua- and uh, Quasby have some extra dynamite, and Roger reveals himself. Reveals himself to be a coward. <laughs> Why do these men have dynamite? They just sort of, you know, they're, they're up to no good, basically. Walter sets Plot the device. yeah. Walter sets the TNT and takes out the whiff. The whiffs, the day is saved, though Hope and Quasby still have to pay their bill. Wawita and Walter embrace and says, I'm glad you're a robot, Walter. And he says, me too. Because all these humans are weird. It's true. Oh, man. Walter. Get out of here, Walter. (laughs) Why is he in? He's here twice. I'm not appreciative. I know. Well, let's get, you know, we'll get, let's get angry about that later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Next up. Thrill Six, Future dr- Future Graph, and the First Dread. It's one of those rare situations where we see the old Mega City One map, which has been revised a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we start with uh, the back cover from Prague Three with an awesome Mascara cityscape and Dread saying, "I am the law, and you'd better believe it." Yeah, and then there's the picture of Mega City One, which yet yeah, doesn't include. I believe Mega City One currently covers uh, Florida as well, mm. and has parts of uh, Michigan also, and, and and maybe Maine. I forget if it goes up to Maine currently. We're going to lose a lot of this pretty soon, Fox. So don't get too attached to what we're talking about right now. Okay. Um, sorry. I'm, I'm going to sort of blatantly spoil Fox about coming events, everybody. I'm sorry. Mostly for my own amusement. Okay. Great. <laughs> Anyhow, then it's, the f- yeah. then it's the first dread from all the way back in episode one, Prague 2. I the, loved this. Yeah, Whitey. I love the way that uh, Judge Shred looks. In totally. Carlos's original stuff, just like lithe and awesome. Although I'll mention that actually this one isn't drawn by a scare. The first pa- parts oh, of the first right. pages, but it's it's it sort of credits it as being written by Pat Mills and John Wagner, but it's actually written by Pete by Peter Harris and the art robot. It's a scare and McMahon doing the the m- majority of the art. That's right. You had mentioned this. I feel like in yeah, it Prog leads one. to what? Uh, or this was Prague one, right? It's Prague two, but it's the first Prague, uh, dread. Okay. 
But yeah, this is something that caused some politics behind the scenes where Scarig was super pissed they didn't use his art for the character he designed in the initial um, release and sort of led to bad blood and him sort of ditching 2000 AD to go work at Star-Lord for a long time and stuff. Um, Those were the times back then. I mean, you know, it's a thing not without its strife, you know? But, yeah, so, you know, Whitey is killing judges, only Dread can stop him. This version is colorized, and it's real nice. Um, it's, I, yeah, I agree, though. I really love seeing, like, this original version of Dread. He's so skinny, right? Yeah, like, like he he looks like a lot of, um, if you look at some of the sub-judges that are around him uh, mm-hmm. in the comics now, they tend to be about this thin, like a lot of yeah. them aren't all that stocky. But he's just grown in size and in chin so much since. Right? Then. Yeah, I, I remember telling you that over time he'd he'd grow in size, yeah, and develop a much bigger chin as time would go by and stuff like that. It's really also inter- the chief judge's ultimate super eagle pendant's pretty great. I mean that that exists to this day. You know the the ju- so chief judge wears a crazy giant eagle thing. But yeah, just see being going back to the start and seeing the the, the original dramatic comparison to what we have dated day these days is such a huge change yeah and i mean even the current one is still kind of a change from sort of modern dread i'd say and his paladrons have like quadrupled in size oh yeah listen everything's bigger about dread now you know his chin (laughs) his shoulder pads his belt buckle his boots every single part (laughs) he's got cool knee pads still always and forever but yeah so you know uh, Dread takes out Whitey, and Whitey ends up on Devil's Island, and Dread is once again triumphant. Still one of the coolest prisons that you could ever think of, which is just in this massive, always-moving super traffic. Totally, yeah, 200 miles an hour traffic, no escape, because the city never sleeps, full of mopeds and, and stuff. Pretty great. Yeah, next we go to Thrill 7, Murder at the Alfred Hitchcock Block. The Mega City Times. Yeah, this was a Reds. yeah. It's a cool reproduction of the Mega City Times for Thursday, July twenty first, twenty one oh three. It's got some cool stuff. It's got like uh, some articles, editorials about editorials and letters to the editor, and even the letters some... to the editor are great because two of them are basically, sir, name your price. <laughs> and then just like a lot of like sort of human interest stories. There's a page three droid. Uh, <laughs> oh, so what I thought was funny, so they, because I read each one of these. Nice. Uh, and I don't, I don't generally like the, the more wordy stuff, but this is like in-world. Yeah. Um, which I was really excited about from the last, the 1981. Version. Yeah, like the, uh, the um, trans time thing. One of the things that they mention in this is like, we put out four of these a day. So that's 12 creds, that's 48 creds a day to get all of the news. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I, I forget how it goes with newspapers. I feel like in real life, you'd only buy like one newspaper, you know, even if a newspaper put out multiple editions a day. Like, I think it's like watching multiple. It, it's, it's like ESPN, how they have like eight sports centers in a row. But really, you only watch like, you know, the one sports center because it's got the they host you like or something time, like that. Yeah. yeah. And it sort of covers the day. And, you know, if you sort of read the evening edition every day. You'll sort of get a sense of what... um you know, what's going on every, all, all the time, you know? Well, what I like is like, they have these big, I don't know, like, um, pieces where it's like, obviously baloney where it's like dread to quit. And yeah. then they talk about like, Oh, this thing, which we just read like <laughs> just a moment ago. Yeah. 
Dredd said that he totally was going to quit, and it's like, no, he never said that. Like, it's just <laughs> like there's some in here that's BS. Yeah. Um, Texas City, um, like being like, pressured to to change its name to make a city three. Yeah, I think it's definitely also there, there's definitely some commentary on like British newspaper tabloids and other things like that going so on here definitely. too. You know, it's a multi layered satire, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. It's also got like movie previews for both Superman 200 and Star Warps 201. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and there's a little wink, wink, nod jabs to you being like, hey, yeah. like those movies. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea, though, that, um, you know, a hundred and a hundred some years from now, like <laughs> we know there used to be Superman, but over time, just it's colloquially changed its name to Superman somehow, you know? Man. <sighs> like aerial dogfights and subterranean catfights, buildings used as toothpicks, the whole nine yards. Live it up. All right, enough of this newspaper stuff, Fox, because it's time for Thrill 8, Judge Dread. <laughs> Scripture about John Wagner's TV grew over at Robot Mick McMahon, learning about Tom Frame. Okay, so, The Vampire Effect. I was so excited for this just being about people turning to vampires. I was bummed indeed that it was not about Transylvanian bloodsuckers. Soon enough. Uh, so Yeah, really? Man, what isn't in the Judge Dredd universe, you know? I mean, I guess if Batman can be here, vampires too, right? I mean, that involved reality jumping, but yes, you, you're basically right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're going to get to Judgment in Gotham someday, and that's going to be a lot of fun. But so, uh, this story has, to act, though, has some great Mick McMahon art. Like, basically, after the first page, every page, every, uh, like, it's, it's just a bunch of splash pages. Like, the, uh, the art continues on both pages. And yeah. it's done in a really cool way where basically all the panels appear over one larger image that's sort of, you know, at some point the primary focus of the of the of the shot, but then otherwise it's sort of is, is happening in the background essentially. Well they layer it super well. It's really uh, great. Most of the, the smaller panels are like super tiny to give like a lot of beats going yeah. on. It does a really good job of making use of the space that you have with all these different pages, with the, just the amount of pages you have in an annual and the color that McMahon has to work with and stuff. Oh my god, like once they're un in subterranean, it's kind of like that dark blue, dark green you got out of uh, Zelda yeah. NES. Yeah, it's just an awesome way of taking advantage of what's available to you in this annual format. So, <laughs> the story begins with a scavenger spaceship crashing into Mega City 1, going through the ground and deep into the Undercity with one human survivor... And one alien specimen that escapes the vampire. Have we seen the Undercity before? Or is this first yeah? That's mentioned? where uh, no, that's where Fergie came from during Judge. Oh, Count. that's right. We've seen it a couple times. There were those uh, Hepcat mutants. Do, do you remember those guys? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so days later, Dread picks up an Undercity citizen talking crazy about monsters and death and stuff. I ain't uh, going back there. Monsters. Dread investigates and finds a big crazy monster. It's oh, all it's crap. all white. Telling the truth. Yeah, it's all white. It's sort of monster shaped, and it sucks the <laughs> energy out of everything it comes across. <laughs> what is monster shaped? Like it looks like a big monster, dude. I don't know. <laughs> it's got it's got an amorphous body and but it's kind of got like two two kind of legs things. Yeah. 
Like, you know, if you asked a kid to just draw a monster, it'd kind of look like that. That's what I'd say. Cholesteratu. Because it's got a big, like, uh, you know, it's amorphous, but it's kind of got a big hulking frame and stuff. Anyhow, it uh, it deadens Judge Hackman's arm, and the two judges escape just barely. Um, yeah. As it approaches the entrance of the Undercity, Dread calls for a heavy weapons team, but it's no <laughs> use. The weapons don't hurt the beast and might and actually seem to be feeding it. Oh my god, it keeps getting huger. We gotta yeah. stop shooting this thing and start thinking about this. They question the survivor of the crash, and it reveals that cold can hurt the beast. So, oh man, no, this was so great. He contacts the medical droid who's like taking care of him at the hospital, and the droid's like, look man, if we wake this guy up, he's like probably gonna die, and he's like, I'll take the responsibility for that. <laughs> Do it, and like, in his last moments, he's like, oh, yeah, this is how it works, and, you know, MacGuffin, etc., don't feed it energy, and then he dies. <laughs> hey, that's a risk you gotta take when you're Judge Goddamn Dread, buddy. <laughs> hey, man, he's one man. This could kill a lot of people. It was just so yeah. dark. No, definitely a big decision he has to make, but so soon, there are H-wagons dropping liquid xenon gas on the monster. They almost destroy it, but then it manages to wrest open a monorail power cable, which returns its to its which, which uh, returns its power. It just burns away all the gas. Yeah, and, and hey, man, that was all the gas we had, Dread. You're gonna have to figure out the rest. Yeah, well, that was all the xenon gas they have. They have other super cold gases, but those ones are are usually unstable and will just like explode if they get exposed to any kind of power or the monster. More than likely, you know. Super not great. Yeah, you don't want it to explode, buddy. So, <laughs> so instead, Dread has to lure the beast to a rocket ship and try to blast it into space. Always a good problem, you know. There's one thing we'll learn in future comics, like Invincible. It's uh, when in doubt, just toss it into space and you'll be okay. They even have a backup plan for the whole thing. They're, like, guiding it with a little uh, dinky laser because they've shut off all the power. And it's like, oh, come over to this, like, rocket thing. And it's <laughs> like, oh, Dread, it's it's eating up all the rocket fuel stuff. It's not going to go to space. And they're like, oh, don't worry. Just close the big nipple dome. Yeah. They, they do that. It just explodes they, inside <laughs> and kills yeah, the damn Yeah, they thing. close the blast shield of the rocket launch thing, because Dread knows that eventually it's going to suck all the power out of the cooling system on the rocket's nuclear engine. And so once the cooling system uh, is offline, then the, the nuclear drive will go will uh, melt down and explode in a huge nuclear explosion. <laughs> yeah. And nothing can... And that's so much energy. Nothing can to sur survive that. And luckily, the, it, the blast shield protects it. You. Whoa! <laughs> so stupid. All, I love the puns at the end of uh, of of both of these first two dread stories, dude. Oh god! Key key post fight puns. <laughs> I think I I'm gonna say he's at the top of his game. Definitely awesome pun action. So let's go to Thrill Nine Desperados of the Cursed Earth. Loved this. Uh, script robot Jack Adrian, art robot Dave Gibbons. So, this is a text story uh, with Gibbons doing a lot of the artwork for it. A couple of guys have stolen a strat bat full of money from Mega City 2 and they crash it in the cursed earth. Not a great situation. No, sir. The locals start to attack and they fight them off, but then they're saved by an unlikely source. 
the lawgiver of a Mega City One judge on the long walk. That's right. It's Judge Minty! Oh, he's back! Nice. JM for short. Hey, Judge Minty is the cool dude. <laughs> yeah, I like this story just because I like any reference to, uh, to Judge Minty and stuff like that, for sure. Well, it's got this whole kind of Western vibe going through it, and actually... Like, at the end, I think he's talking to one of the gang's survivors. Yeah, like the one guy that's that that's sort of been like, I don't know about all this crime stuff throughout the whole heist and, and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and Minty kind of sits him down and he's like, listen, like, I'm a judge. It's been on the long walk. Like, I was basically kicked off for thinking that people were relatively good. Like, this is me giving you the go good speech. Yeah. Uh, and like... It kind of, it continues to, like, be, like, this spirit of hope, like, judgment he is kind of continuing this on. Yeah. And so much so that this guy, because he's still got the pack, is, because he's like, hey, these people are, like, super poor, and, and we're living day to day, and all this other stuff. And as the man, like, kind of glances towards this, like, girl who's kind of cutesy smiling at him, he's like, <laughs> I think I know what I can do to help. Yeah, I got all this stolen money. Time to D.B. Cooper this. <laughs> Boom! That was just kind of a sweet story. I like Judge Minty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a lot of fun. And yeah, having Judge Minty show up at the end is always a good twist when you're doing Cursed Earth stuff. For exactly. sure. Cool. Alright, so now, Thrill 10 The Judge Child Journey Easy Rider and data file max normal. Oh uh, yeah. The pinstripe, pinstripe freak. Damn. So, <laughs> jinx, yeah. So first, there's a very loose star chart and journal of Dread's quests in search of the Judge Child. Many classic times in the course of that thing, man. Oh jeez. Do, do you remember that one giant necromancer who like gave fed people frogs and ate its warts always yeah he fed people two frogs and then ate the oh, warts right. of that frog mm-hmm. i also remember the uh, the jigsaw man Woo, that's scary and also uh blind old blind joe old blind joe yeah dude that guy was great also i still believe that anyone named joe will be face covered in this comic Ooh, that's an interest let's keep we should keep an eye out for that absolutely i really am good I, I believe it strongly now, because it's two. That's two, yeah. First is a coincidence. Second time is a, uh, is, is, is a trend. Uh, so next there's an article on motorcycle movies. It talks about The Wild One, Electric Glide in Blue, and Mad Max. I'd bet, I, like, a ton of money that this was originally an article in, like, a car magazine or something like that. And they just sort of and tossed. It on. Yeah, they just tossed like an ending sentence and some graphics to make it Judge Dredd related. I I don't. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Mad Max, a, mm-hmm. a la The Road Warrior. Um, yeah. Well, well, which I believe was the first one, but I don't remember there him riding like a motorcycle. He had his car. No, 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 no. The cars in the Road Warrior. Mad Max comes before Road Warrior. That's where he's still a cop. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like a motorcycle yeah. cop in that one. Yeah. Yeah. You see how you... Yeah, you got it. (laughs) So, next up, there's a data sheet on Fox's favorite guy, Max Normal, the pinstripe freak, and Dredd's chief informant. He wants that folding green to fund his uh, extravagant, anachronistic lifestyle. In fact... What? Dude, yes. In fact, hey man, Max Normal's so cool, let's do a story about him right now. 
Thrill 11, Max Normal, the pinstripe freak. Man, I love you, Max, so much. Yeah, man. You might be my dad. Whoa, future dad. You could, you should be Max Normal's dad, dude. Yeah, oh, that's pretty true. Raise He's a kid probably... to wear his pinstripes, and then he can raise his, his kid to, raise, to wear pinstripes, and so on. You can be like Max Normal's ancestor. I'll, I'll wear polka dots and he can go against the grain, you know? Whoa. I'll have polka dot, I'll have polka dot cats in the polka dot house. Nice. So, Max normally walks the, so a script robot for this one's Kelvin Gosnell, art robot Jose Casanovas, letting robot Tony Jacobs. This is the same basic setup as the Max Normal story from the last, um, Dread Annual, which I think is interesting. Well, what I would say is this actually, uh, I would, I mean, so the man's a snitch. Yeah, clearly he's got some uh, underworld connections, or else like he wouldn't be as rich or as connected. He's still mm-hmm. a snitch, not just for dread, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know who else he's snitching yeah. for. But the reality of it is, is that he's actually got a heart of gold, as it turns Absolutely. out. The last one, it's like you know he bent something to his advantage, and this one, not yeah. so much. Different motivations. Some injustice. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so we see, we join Max Normal walking in the early morning streets of Mega City One, fresh off a night at the Shuggy Hall, but then he learns of a new game at Madison Square Garden, and then that night, he heads out, he head, he goes, check it out. And it turns out to be illegal droid fighting! That ain't right, man. How mm. can they do that yeah. if the anger circuits aren't allowed inside of a robot. Oh, man. They're programming the droids to be super aggro and to fight each other. Oh, they, God. And it's, like, really gruesome. One just, like, like smashes one to death. Yeah, they fight to the death in awesome battles of battle axes and flails. So, yeah, that part's pretty cool. And then he stomps one to death. Which is yeah. Epic. So, Max, uh, you know, disturbed to the core by this event, uh, prepares to inform... Uh, on the droid fighters, but before he can do that, he receives a threatening note at his hip pinstriped pad, um, where that basically tells him if he talks to Dread, he's dead. And then the letter, the letter also freaks out his pinstriped dog, and then it explodes! It's like really nuts. The thing melted a hole in his door, and if he hadn't yeah. like grabbed his dog and jumped behind his super sweet couch, he wouldn't have made it, man. It's true. So, worried about this situation, Walt, or Max enlists the help of goddamn Walter to go basically spray the place with riot foam and call in Judge Dredd while Max himself seeks around in the disguise of a regular meta, a regular meta city, uh, mega, uh, mega city resident. Dredd notices him, but Max shrugs it off because he's off to a fancy dress party, baby. Hey, man, like, I totally wasn't there. I was just, I happened to be there. I happened to be wearing this for a thing. It's non-related. You know, whatever, bye. No need to make a big deal about it. Yeah, do not tell people I was wearing this. (laughs) I thought it was okay. Man, I wish this story didn't involve Walter because I hate Walter. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I don't disagree. The one uh, saving grace here is that so in most Walter stories that I've read, uh, not that I like Walter whatsoever, mm-hmm. but one of the things that like irks me a bit because it's inconsistent is that if he's saying something that contains R's, almost yes. always he doesn't actually use his list. He only like selectively does it. That's other true. Other than one portion of this comic, they uh, they use that 
uh, W pretty much anywhere there's an R, which I think is yeah, not it's... bad. I, I liked that. Uh, I hate Walter. I mm-hmm. wish Walter would go away. I don't <laughs> know why people like him. He's not a good character. Extremely anti-Walter stance on on a Space Spinner 2000. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the about the W thing is that there are things where it's hard to put that W in there in place of an R. I mean, Walter's name is a good example of that. Like, you can't, you can't really say the W with that one. It's like, Walter? Like, you know. I, listen, I, I'm not going to lie. That's why a lot of people don't got lisps. Lisps mm-hmm. are hard. They're they're not something that is simple for people. Man, that's that's that that's deep. That's a good point. I don't know. <laughs> I, I knew two people with lisps in my in my mine whole life, mm-hmm. and them uh, enunciating certain things outside of their lisp range is like really difficult for them. Mm-hmm. And the, the con is also true. It's a so, fair f- fair point for sure. Anyhow, I yeah, mean, not not uh, whatever. Fuck. Sorry, I don't like sir. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't like Walter, do we all agree with it? Whatever the reason. But do you know who I do like? Oh man, I hope that it they're listed in Thrill Twelve, Hall of Infamy, and Data File Hershey. There's so many things that I forgot that I loved about especially Mock Greenfingers and their weird head garden of weird creepy heads. Yeah, yeah, this is the first we get a collection of dread enemies over the years. Including Call Me Kenneth, Elvis the Killer Car, and the Solar Sniper. A lot of these are, yeah, like Fox said, they're old school villains from the early days of Dread. Yeah, like that lady that that grew the singing head plants. Uh, and then or the, hit, the Neon Knights. Yeah, the Neon Knights, which are this like anti mutant hate group that sprung up after Call Me Kenneth's revolution and stuff. Who suspiciously look like Ku Klux Klan members. I mean, you know, that's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to draw some pretty easy comparisons here. They're bad dudes. Yep. And yeah, just a lot of old school guys that I think, you know, man, in the last year we've been working on this comic. Uh, it's easy to forget every once in a while. Yep. Elvis the Killer Car was horrible. They had a whole parade for him. Yeah, that kid, that was a weird kid bot kind of thing. <laughs> Next up is a brief data file on Judge Hershey, who was great, but could stand to be fleshed out a little bit. We'll hopefully be seeing more of her mm. in the coming year. There's an actual line in her history where it's like she didn't seem to be affected by the entire affair. Yeah, it's it's wow. just talks about how, like, you know, she doesn't have a lasting psychological scar from almost being run through recyc during that uh, Fink Angel situation. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> all right, so she's hardcore, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, we don't know much else. We don't even know her first name yet, you know? No, that's fair. Yeah. So, but speaking of someone whose first name we do know... <gasps> Thrill 13, Judge Dredd. <laughs> 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 Script robot Malcolm Shaw, art robot Nick McMahon, letter robot Bill Nuttall, the Brotherhood of Darkness. This oh, is a... Man. They like it dark, and they don't like the light. Also mm-hmm. using some primitive guns. Yeah, this is a classic Dread Tale from Prague 4 and still episode 1. Uh, oh, man, so great. Bunch of mutants enter the city. They raise havoc, taking dudes hostages and stuff. Dread goes undercover, fights a giant praying mantis, die hard his way into the mutant encampment, freeing the hostage and taking all the guys out by shining his blinding white bike lights onto the bad guys. 
my favorite part of this is when he picks up a crossbow and shoots a dude in the chest with it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just, better than Shred Shred with a crossbow. Totally, yeah. Just some good, good early Dread action, man. He's just running around killing dudes, and I think we're all in favor of that. Yep. It was a, it was a good time. I remember yeah. all those things he did. Killing oh, those man. People and what. The classic Dread. All right, here we go. Thrill 14. Lawmaster Road Test and Ode to Dread. Oh, the Lawmaster Road Test was a slog. So first up, yeah, it's a review of the ro- of the Lawmaster bike written by a guy named Harley Norton, which is a mashup of both a British and an American motorcycle company. You know, Harley, of course, American motorcycles. Norton is British motorcycles. Um, It's written in this really, like... um distinctive way that I feel like yeah. has to be a reference to some kind of uh popular car writer or something like that from the period. Yeah, it was it was a little cuz it's super flowery and like making references to a lot of things and like long-winded metaphors and stuff and like it has like a, a conversation with the editor in the beginning and end of the story and stuff. It's it's almost like written in a slang like terminology yeah i'm not sure how to like really explain yeah, it it's very conversational that. but yeah i feel yeah. like it's, it's got to be a reference to like some you know famous car reviewer at the time or something like that mm. but basically Completely lost on me yeah totally but basically yeah the bike's nice it goes fast and can take down tons of purpose with his bike cannons all right lawmaster <laughs> like build build one sometime because yeah. i guess they're from the 22nd century yeah these guys are coming back from trans time or something mm-hmm. next up is a neat little poem about dread being all awesome it uses kind of a, <laughs> a blank a blank a rhyme scheme or something yeah exactly you know, here's a uh, here's a sample couplet uh dread just looks that um just looks and that's enough the kid has second thoughts judge dread says don't act tough Drop dead, the punk retorts. It's pretty good. It's got some fun stuff. Just like a guy who robs a store and then Dread comes and takes him down. <laughs> I just, I liked actually the, the final piece, which was he climbs aboard the Lawmaster, gets called uh, to Bogart Block. One more case for the city's judge. When will they learn by Drock? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's just, it's just like, it, he'd done like, 12 cases that night or something crazy it's great but you know speaking of uh speaking of blocks oh yeah thrill 15 judge dread (laughs) 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 uh these sometimes these annuals really expose flaws in the system fox i'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) so i wonder which one we'll pick for top <laughs> script robot john wagner's tv grover art robot mick mcmahon letter robot tom frame hey man i'll remind you that someone i know named fox uh did not pick judge dread as, as top thrill <laughs> in the last annual oh i i'm just saying dude some people are cooler than judge dread that's fair so mega city rumble Oh my god, this is so awesome. Uh, the Jim, the uh, Jimmy Clitheroe block, and that's a, a British comedian, is uh, fighting its neighbor, the John Wayne block. John Wayne, of course, American cowboy actor. Uh, mm-hmm. Dread responds and gives the Clitheroes and the Waynes a warning, but then he just wades in and starts kicking ass and shooting guys and stuff. Dude, time to just punch some faces, break up the noise, go back home, shut up. Mm-hmm. 
You're and all yeah, getting moved out in the morning. Yeah, man. As we're seeing now in Block Mania on the progs, these block wars are getting to be more and more and more and more of a problem. Um, so dread orders, yeah, that the Clithero and Wayne blocks will be both cleared out and it's re- their residents dispersed to other blocks around the city. This leads to both blocks deciding to plan to have a titanic final rumble, including. I mean, what do they got to lose, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Including a couple Clitherovers planning to, ex- to set a bomb to destroy the John Wayne block completely. Your chemist just comes in and he's like, so I made these bombs in my spare time for us to blow them up. And the, the dude who's on the the city defense is like, listen, I'm here to save lives, but you know what? What the heck? Let's go kill them all. A lot of real so, casual dynamite ownership in this annual. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um. God. So, the plan starts, but it doesn't go quite right as Dread gets a drop on these guys, and only a small Clitheroe commando force enters the John Wayne block. Um, they manage to set off their bomb, though, but instead of knocking John Wayne out into the highway, the misplaced explosives instead block the John Wayne, hit, knock the John Wayne block over into Jimmy Clitheroe! And then the Jimmy Clithrow into Sam Sneed, and it's then the Sam Sneed into the Ing- uh, Ing- Indira, Indira Gandhi. Gandhi, and then the Linda Carter block. Oh my god, okay, well I guess these are all gone because some asshole. Luckily it seems like the Benny Hill block managed to escape without major damage. Woo! Oh, and cue the Benny Hill thing. Yeah, I'll put it, it's happening now. Anyhow. It's so funny. Get it? Because we we get British comedy or whatever, I guess. Oh, man. Um, with that, so Fox, funny. we finish the stories for this, the 1982 Judge Dredd Annual. Whoa! Oh, man, how did we even manage? Barely did. So, the question be- remains, what were your top and bottom thrills for this annual? Okay, so top is a little rough because I so there are three that I that really stood out to me, which mm-hmm. was the Judge Dredd interview, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the um, oh why am I forgetting the name of it? Um, Max Normal, the Pinstrike Freak. Yep, and then uh, of course uh, the final one, which is the uh, Mega City Rumble. Mm. So Mega City Rumble is like absolutely beautiful. It's the most yeah. beautiful full color dread I have seen in a while. I really love it. Um, Max Normal, I think I kind of mirror you with some of like the, uh, you know, Walters in it. So it, it brings it a notch <laughs> down from the original. I really like seeing the character fleshed out as a like, I can't believe it. Uh, like, sure. pretty much in disgust of like how robots are being treated, which is a, a very interesting character dynamic. Yeah, it's nice um, to see him have some morals for sure. Exactly. But the Judge Dredd interview it was just so, like, tongue-in-cheek. You get a, a well, not tongue-in-cheek, excuse me. It's just, it built out Dredd a little bit more and gives you, like, a little bit more insight into kind of, like, mm-hmm. what Judge Dredd's mindset was for, like, these past few things. Interesting. Uh, since, it's not, since it's not super long, it's only a two-pager, mm-hmm. uh, I am just kind of going to default to uh, the Rumble. Like, All right. It's really good. Like... It's a really good, like, ending point for it, uh, especially just, like, um, there's this big full-color page. Well, obviously, it's all full-color, but mm-hmm. it's the one where everybody is just beating the hell out of each Absolutely. other. Absolutely, yeah. Stand off. 
<laughs> it's just so much going on here, and I can't imagine that it was super easy to draw in nice. a world before Photoshop. So uh, good job, Mike. Absolutely. Um, yeah, really good. Uh, for bottom, man, I don't know. Uh, Walter, maybe? <laughs> just like the woe de wooin. Stop putting Walter the Wobot into things. I, I <laughs> maybe like him a lot. I hate him. I can't stand things that he's in. It, it feels so much like slapstick, and he just kind of bumbles his way through situations. Mm-hmm. And he's got no character development. That he's just like, oh, I I'm gonna do it for Wowina, but not for <laughs> me or be in any way like an interesting character sure. or a foil. Ugh, garbage. <laughs> All right, buddy. How about you? Top and bottom. Top. Okay, top and bottom. I'm gonna say my top is Anatomy of a Crime, the first story. Oh, yeah. Love the introduction of Fatties. I thought that story was real fun and funny and just a nice little sort of day in the life of Judge Dredd kind of thing. Ooh. Also full color, which is beautiful. I mean, so much. All the all the original stories in this one are full color, or the or the Dredd stories are, because uh, Max Normals and uh, and Walter are in black and white. But um, yeah, it's so the you know these Dread annuals are so beautiful just for what they do with the Dread character and stuff and. You know, color really adds an interesting element to McMahon's art style. That's a bit, you know, he's got this really blocky kind of art style. Um, and adding color to it really adds a new dimension to it that I think is super interesting. Yeah. I really uh, loved their depiction of the blocks. Like, it's super. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know. It's just beautiful. I love, I love you know, it. futuristic cityscapes are one of my favorite things, and they really do a good job of them here. And then for my bottom, I'm gonna say that uh, Easy Writer article is my is my uh, bottom. God, Screw that so thing. Good choice. It was really hard to read because it was just like it's not even about really Judge Dredd. It's about motorcycle movies, man, and that's not that's tangential at best, you know. <laughs> I want to say um, while my anti Walt, while I'm I'm hardline anti Walter, everybody knows that. Um, I was actually not that, um, pissed at Woe to Wooin this time because I'm also, I also like those Hope and Crosby, um, road movies and stuff. And so references to them sort of gave me a chuckle, you know, and also in small doses, I just, I like Walter just because it lets me recap things with the W's and, and make you angry. And so that's like a bonus for me as well. <laughs> you like to hurt me. You know why. Um. <laughs> Anyhow, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at cradaline.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com or on the 2080 forums on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at Space Spinner 2 we're at Space Spinner 2K for everything else. Just look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should be there. Come back next time as we return to Prague with exciting action. Uh, Block Mania heats up for Judge Dredd with even more Max Normal action. Uh, yes! Rogue Trooper confronts the generals at Millicom. Ace Trucking enters a black hole. Things yes! get robotic in Mean Arena. And Nemesis returns for even more human killing action. Okay, it's gonna be good. Should be good. Until next time, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid, Birthrig! Splendid, Birthrig! <laughs>